We are overconnected and overworked. We suffer from social and technology overload. We rarely experience the joy of solitude or the respite of nature. We're always on. We never turn off. That's why we started the Getaway Podcast. I'm John Staff. And I'm Pete Davis. Today, we're joined by Zach Howden, the founder of Passion Passport, a community of explorers, photographers, and storytellers whose mission is to inspire others to discover the beauty of travel. Welcome. Thanks for being here, Zach. Thanks for having me. The first thing we do is we lock up our cell phones to start every episode. So please give us your valuables. I like this approach. I've lost mine. Okay. And then we take a moment. We take a breath. We enjoy a little quiet. How does it feel, Zach? It feels so foreign and strange to me. No, it feels good. So you... It's how I start every morning. I want to talk about you before we talk about what we do. You had a moment of burnout. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, I think it's something that so many people go through. I think that um, in my case, it just probably happened a little sooner because I ran myself so ragged at a very early age. And um, straight out of college, I jumped, I jumped right into like a very high pressure job in Hong Kong where I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I was in the office seven in the morning till, you know, seven at night often taking my work home with me, sometimes working on weekends. And um, there just came a point where after about two, two and a half years of that, even though I was feeling the the urge long before that, but where I where I really said, okay, it's time to reevaluate and think about what I really want in uh, in this life. And if I'm going to be putting that much effort and uh, that much effort and time into something, I want to make it something that's a little bit more valuable to me personally. Paint a picture of where you were at in the days where it got really bad. Oh, man. Um, I feel like to this point, I've kind of blocked some of that out. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to open like, it up again. Let's open up that wound. Um, let's get in there. The The way that I like to paint it is actually is that sometimes I would get up in the morning and I, it was like as simple as just getting up in the morning and going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and being like, why am I doing this? And... Um, and then kind of like dragging myself to the office and then being like, why am I doing this? And I think it was just that question. I was actually at that time working with someone who then became a friend who the moniker that she used to describe herself was she would help people quit their jobs and find out what they were passionate about. And so I was working with her at the time and she was the one asking me those questions along with plenty of other friends or people in my circle who were just kind of like, why? why do you put yourself through this or what is it that you want to do? And it's, those are like very, very difficult existential questions to be asking yourself when you're like 24 years old. Um, they're uncomfortable, but you kind of have to lean into them. Yeah. This is so interesting because I don't want to say it's more difficult by any means, but oftentimes we can have this cartoon in our minds of, you know, the boss that forces you to work 70, 80 hours a week when you know it's, it's bad for you or, or you don't want to do it which I think is totally a thing that happens. But there is another thing, which is you're talking about, which is like, no, left to my own, you know, uh, to my druthers, I would, I'm doing this to myself because I've got all these, you know, I'm interested and I'm passionate and I care. Um, but nonetheless can still conclude that it's not the best. Absolutely. I think that um, sometimes we don't necessarily reflect on just... Not necessarily, well, it's it's that should question, right? Like, I should want this, or I should want this because someone else wants this for me, or because I'm needed, or because 
my skill set is valuable, but then we're not necessarily reflecting on like exactly what it is that our innate innate desires are are dictating or like what that confluence of both what I'm good at and like what the world needs, so to speak, or what what my passions dictate or something like that. So you quit I assume. I hope there's a happy ending to this. You quit no, he job. still works I'm there. Still there. I'm still there. I'm just here on vacation. 90 hours a week. <laughs> um, and it seems like, according to our intro, that you made the same mistake that John and I did, which is instead of just quitting and enjoying uh, the thing that you wanted, you started a project about the thing that you were passionate about, which probably takes up some of your time now. But um, I'm mostly joking. What is... I waited a little bit, but oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you took a break. And then how did this Passion Passport project start? Um, so it was funny. It was like in all the conversations that I was having, it was kind of like, well, I don't know what I want to do next. And every time I would land on something, I was kind of like, ah, but I just kind of feel like I need a break. I've been like running myself ragged for two and a half years. I haven't seen a lot of the people that I care about. I, I feel like I'm coming up for air again. So I just, I kind of just want to travel for a couple of months and just see where that takes me but it was pretty intentional in terms of the fact that um the different places that i went to were dictated by either entrepreneurs or creatives who were either friends or friends of friends or people who i admired who i wanted to meet or they were places that i could see myself living in in the future and so some of the places that i end up i ended up traveling for about seven or eight months total and um i did not expect to be back in new york that was just it happened. I love New York. I ended up back here, but I ended up spending a lot of time in Sydney, Australia. I spent a lot of time in California. I spent a, a fair bit of time in London as well. And I was kind of trying on different places for size. And I was meeting with other people who had kind of, who had similar stories to my own and people who had either, you know, started a swimwear lines people who had um started bakeries people whatever it happened to be but people who had like taken the reins of their own future and decided to do something completely different despite the fact that in a lot of cases they came from pretty traditional backgrounds here's what makes me nervous the, even the word the word passion follow your dreams your innate happiness is easier to do for some people than others Right. Like some of us, and I would include myself among this, like we have the privilege of being able to walk away and do something different if we want to. And a lot of people don't have that option. And I wonder, and it's a question, but I just wonder if so much pressure from from not you. I mean, you just said some of this, but every graduation speech you can hear is all about follow your passion. But some jobs are just boring and even following your passion might mean that like if I have a boring job. I'm happier to walk out at 5 p.m. Whereas if I'm quote unquote following my passion, you know, may, maybe I'm going to be part of my own problem staying there until 7, 8, 9 p.m. So w what do you think about that? Is that off base? Not at all. I'm, I'm actually really glad that you asked that question because I feel as though those graduation speeches should be like, follow your passion, dot, dot, dot. And then there's like an asterisk there that says, if you are the type of person who appreciates risk or who can like lean into risk. And if you're the type of person who is okay with the unknown and if you're okay not knowing where your paycheck is is going to come from next quarter and there's a lot of inherent risk that i don't think people talk about when they throw that type of rhetoric around that that freely and that loosely and i think it is a little bit dangerous i think it also is dangerous that to a certain degree we 
I called this business Passion Passport. Um, but the notion was always that you can use travel as a means to help you answer a lot of these questions and that travel is a gift. It teaches you, it helps you grow, it helps you learn about different cultures. You meet people from different backgrounds. And from that, you can, you can come back from those experiences, a changed person and having grown and learned something completely new. Um, but in the sense of how it relates to just like day-to-day -day jobs and, um, just people who feel stuck, I would say just explore those passions. Like all I would say is explore what that means to you and what that means to your personality type. Cause not everyone is equipped with the, um, just it's quite simple as like not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur or not everyone is meant to be a freelancer because it takes a very special kind of or it it just takes a a lot of trust and it takes a lot of almost like soldiering on um into the unknown i love the idea of i don't want to rename your business for you but <laughs> curiosity go ahead john How the about curiosity, curiosity passport <laughs> because passion has this this weight to it which is um, you know, you must have a passion, first of all. Like, I remember going through a lot of years of, shit, I know I'm supposed to have a passion because people keep telling me this, but I, I can't, I don't have one and I can't figure it out and feel lucky that now I think I have. Um, but, but that created a lot of, you know, uh, angst in my life. But curiosity is something that I feel happy, you know, I'm happy to apply that pressure to everybody to say, you must be curious about yourself, about your life, about the world, and think about it. And then come to your own conclusions and, and maybe that that's what I heard in your answer. Well, and I, mean, I think that's that that's maybe if, if we were to reframe that graduation speech, it would not be follow your passion. It would be follow your curiosity and see where that takes you. And not everyone's curiosity is going to mean abandoning a nine to five completely in order to follow their curiosity. And I think for some people, it could mean like, oh, I'm in, I'm interested in the nonprofit space. I'm going to start using my Saturdays to volunteer for this nonprofit that I really love. Or I'm really interested in learning about watercolor painting and I'm gonna you know take a course on Tuesday and Thursday nights that helps me develop that skill or just and it's not necessarily because I want to pursue this full-time it's just that I want to learn about it and I think when we become stuck and when we become we lose the ability to almost like look at our nine to fives and, be, and feel excited about them sometimes it's because we don't necessarily have any hobbies or we don't have any curiosities that lie outside of that that we're really um, investing in because sometimes that's the the external motivation that it's like okay right I do this because then it allows me this freedom that I get to walk out the door at five and then I get to go and take this class that I really love yeah, um, or be be at home with my kids or play with my dogs exactly or watch Netflix like I don't want to be so, so judgy about you know I actually think there could be something great about having a boring job and embracing it like I sometimes miss my boring yeah, job. Yeah, like the nine to five could be great. <laughs> yeah. The I have a specific question about travel. Yeah. Um, with regard to some of the themes that we talk about here. So one, we talk a lot about technology and disconnection and, you know, living in the moment, living with real people. Travel for many people our age has become finding the perfect place to get on the gram. And it's like, oh, you know, the peak of your moment of your day is when you've gotten the like, you know, the beignet and or beignet. What's it? You, you've gotten the beignet in New Orleans <laughs> and you have the perfect shot and you can take the picture of you eating the beignet 
in the French Quarter, and then you post it to the gram, and you Insta- come. He means Instagram when he says the gram. The gram. Nobody calls and it. And then your heart the races. And you spend mm. the talk with the person at the beignet place about what what things should I say? Should I say I'm having a beignet good time or something? Hashtag New Orleans. Hashtag Nola. Hashtag beignet. Hashtag powdered sugar. And then um, you post it, and then you you go back to your hotel room, and you just like watch the likes come in. And that's what travels become for many people. How do we fight that? Have you experienced that? Have you? Um, what do you? The feel? beignets are very good in New Orleans. <laughs> I, I think you are getting you're beignets. getting to like a very existential question that I ask myself about, particularly as a as a media company. Passion Passport is a media company. We both like create content. We create photo and video content. We create editorial content, social content. But a lot of our footprint is on social media. And so how do you tell people to travel mindfully while at the same time use social media as a means to like spread the gospel of what you're trying to do? And I think it's a really interesting question because the best and the most sincere moments in travel are not the ones where you're waiting for the likes to come in. They're the ones where you're talking to the owner of that, you know, beignet shop and asking them how they first started that business. And you're asking them about you know, the trials and tribulations of, I don't know, that time where they had a really tough quarter or a really tough year and they didn't know whether they were going to be able to keep it open. Like the relationships that you can build or the experiences that you can have, I think far outweigh the actual pictures you can take, but the pictures and the creative expression, especially when they're something that is, I guess, something that like takes you a little outside of your comfort zone or, or teaches you something new can be so incredibly valuable that um, that I think that's where the, the the real value comes into play. I get that about having the conversation with the owner, but also sometimes it's like, just eat the beignet. <laughs> or, can we change this to donuts? Why are we talking about beignets? But, you know, just sit there and enjoy. Yeah, I think there's, um, in some cases, there's a lack of, there, it's almost like there has now been an expectation that has been set that this is the way that travel has to be. Or because social media exists, we do need to share every single moment. And because I'm recording this podcast with you, at the same time, I actually need to be pulling out my phone and turning and telling my audience that, you know, whoever it is that follows me, that I'm sitting here in this room recording You better this tell somebody because... I'm telling everyone. We don't well, reach anyone. Up, let's come up with some rules here. You know, I think maybe a good rule would be Everyone wants to take the picture. We, taking pictures on vacation is not a new internet thing. Every, you know, this Absolutely. was the the original like vacation thing in the fifties was like you'd go and invite all your friends over to like watch the slide deck of like your trip to whatever. So that's normal. I think it's the like immediacy of it. So what do you think about this rule as a travel expert? By the way, let's just recognize that. Thank goodness we don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> I do not want to come to your house and look at your vacation photos. (laughs) But there is something that was really nice about the fact that in that time, um, and I I feel like I grew up in that era, right? Like we all are, we're the generation that still to a certain degree knows what summer camp looked like and felt like without internet or in, and we're the generation that like knows what it was like to first like hear that, sound of like the dial-up connection taking over the phone line exactly and it, there's like a certain beauty to that but um i think going back to that why question i think sometimes i haven't i've barely shared on social media this year compared to what i've done personally in the past 
And one of my rules now is I, I just kind of ask myself, like, why are you sharing this? Like, yeah. is it to make other people like envy you? Is it to make other people, is it to educate other people about this specific place in the world? Like, what are the actual underlying motivations? And if it's just all about um, dopaminergic reward, it's not, <laughs> the end game is not going to be good. It's a Harry Potter character. Thank you. Dopaminergia. It would be dopamine. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've planned um, a bunch of trips for people. You've helped people escape. Do you do some of these things? Do you challenge people to be present in some way? I think it, through your company. Yeah, absolutely. I think that at um, at the outset of any trip, it's important to look at just what you're hoping to achieve, or what you're hoping to learn, or what you're curious about. And when you start to ask or ask and answer a lot of those questions, that's when you can essentially be like okay well does my does technology play a fundamental role in this trip and it's like right i don't necessarily in some cases need to even have my phone out yeah i can have a dslr out but my phone and my laptop can stay away and um i think oftentimes when we take on trips through passion passport whether it's like a uh, a trip with just like our community or with um with like a brand partner or something like that one of the questions that we ask early on is just is to have everyone just be mindful about their use of technology and to just challenge people to again every time like a a phone comes out or a laptop comes out just to say like does this actually really need to be here in this moment one of the things i've seen happen with travel is that travel itself becomes work because it becomes like a list of things that you have to get done like some people form, you know, their their travel plans around like these are the seven thing boxes we have to check today when we're in the city. And it reminds me of one of the themes that we like talking about, which is the difference between work and leisure. And in leisure, often leisure activities can become work like leisure can become like we need to play the volleyball game and we need to go jet skiing and we need to do this, that or the other. When really leisure is about a relationship to the world of like celebrating life and turning off your analytical mind for a bit to rest your attention, rest your executive or your capacities. And I wonder what your thought is on like modes of thought and styles of travel and how that affects people's ability to get something out of it. I think everyone is different. And so for some people, they have a checklist and they just want to like charge through it. Like they hit the ground and they they land in Paris and it's like straight to the Eiffel Tower and then it's straight to the Champs-Élysées and then it's like there's this... Get a beignet. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's next. (laughs) But um, to a very French episode. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what the, you know the effect is on travel to new orleans and to yeah, paris we, after yeah, this get episode. ready get ready louise watch out google um but uh i think that everyone leans into these uh, everyone has their own travel style and it's important to recognize like hey if you're the type of person who wants to get up at five in the morning and and be up at sunrise and then take a nap in the afternoon that's okay and if you're the type of person who wants to just go literally from sunrise until sunset that's okay too or if you're the type of person who just wants to like kind of gently roll out of bed go to a coffee shop not necessarily have a like a fully planned itinerary with tours and with um 
God knows what, right? Like just like a set itinerary that you're following to a T, that's okay too. And if you want to kind of like make it up as you go along, it's leaning into whatever is going to make the experience most valuable to you. What is your personal dream time off? That's a really good question. Um, I think nowadays, I, I've been actually struggling with this a little bit more lately because now so much of the travel that I do is tied to work. And so I don't actually go back to the travel for travel's sake as much. I think the last trip that I really felt like I was, again, traveling the way I exactly wanted to was about a year and a half ago. I was in um, Georgia, the country, not the state. Um, And I, (laughs) exactly. And uh, I landed there without an itinerary, without a fixer. I didn't speak the language. And I just kind of explored there for about eight or nine days. And, um, it felt great. And I didn't, I don't think I posted anything about it on social media. It was just pure vacation. I was very, very much like kind of off the grid and, um, just like eating the food, speaking to locals, um, and, and doing some hiking and, and, uh, and just appreciating the experience for what it was. But I think for a lot of, for the people who are in the industry, it becomes a, a thing that we talk about a lot, right? Is because so much of the actual travel ends up being work. How do you still maintain that degree of love for the thing itself? And I think the answer to that is actually taking personal trips or doing personal projects that don't involve any type of dollar amount, that don't involve any, any type of deliverables other than ones that you're producing for yourself. Um, and that's why I think personal projects are so incredibly important and, uh, and valuable because there's no one, there's no like external dollar figure that is like kind of hiding in, in the background being like, Hey, you need to get this in by Friday. And, uh, this is like the creative angle that you have to, you, you need to use in order to like spread this message or whatever it happens to be. It's really, it's all from within. And I think that's oftentimes where the best work happens. And I'm curious because you talk to so many people that are traveling, planning travel, doing travel. How much of them are under pressure from their bosses, from their work to work while they're traveling? Is that a problem you have to help people navigate? I think it's a problem that we don't particularly have to help people navigate, but I think it's it's one that has been emerging a lot more in because of the fact that you can be connected anywhere you go. Um, It's like, oh, well, can you actually be on this call on Tuesday? I know you're on vacation, but can you be on this call? It's going to be 7 p.m. your time. So could you like push your dinner back? It's really important. We're deciding the drop shadow on the button on the About Us page. Exactly. We just can't agree. We just need to have an all-hands call. We've got to get everybody. And it's really mandatory. Um, And I think one of the things, despite the fact that I, (laughs) despite the fact that um, I disagree about drop shadows. Oh, shit. Bevel. Pers- <laughs> personal experience. Um, one of the things that I really appreciated actually in my time in commodities trading is that my boss, when I would go on vacation and if I answered an email, he'd actually be like, oh, okay, so you're up and working. So then actually, can you go ahead and do this? And then he'd be like, oh, wait, you're on vacation. You're good. You don't need to answer that email. You don't like don't weigh in don't check in. And there was actually this expectation that you would cut off despite the fact that like if I was in New Zealand or something on vacation that I could be checking email. And I think it's important to kind of set those expectations that if people are actually taking a personal day or they're actually going on vacation, 
you know, to the other side of the world to experience something and to hopefully come back refreshed and renewed. Um, unless it's an emergency, things will probably, the wheels will keep turning, the lights will stay on, everything will be okay. That's amazing. That's Zach Houghton. You're incredible. Thank you for being here. His company is Passion Passport at passionpassport.com. What else should we know? Um, check us out on social media, online, and uh, we're going to be launching actually a print quarterly magazine next year. So um, stay tuned for that and uh, support the Kickstarter. Print. We're always in favor of that at Getaway. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Visit getaway.house for slash, more, slash podcast yes. for more info on our guests and extras from the episode you just heard, including pictures. Uh, you can also write into us to talk about your responses to the guests or your own stories of needing counterbalance in your life at podcast at getaway.house. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Talk about analog here. Leave us a voicemail at 323-616-2929. That's 323-616-2929. Don't you think we should give out the mailing address? Yes. Uh, Getaway, 147 Prince Street, Brooklyn, New York. One one two zero one. You could write you us a send letter, us a card, if you... or just you know drop by and cause <laughs> problems in our workday. Special thanks to Johnny Fung for the vibe. Thank music you, Johnny. And audio engineering. Our producer is Alexandra De Palma. Thank you, Alex. We're grateful for the entire Getaway team and our guest. As a thank you to listeners, we'd love to invite you to try Getaway and experience some balance in your life. Tiny cabins in the woods. Rent them out by the night. Cell phone lockbox. It's great. Enjoy $25 off. We're given $25 off all bookings on our site with the code PODCAST25. Code is in all caps. P-O-D-C-A-S-T-25. I don't think it matters if it's in caps or not. <laughs> I don't know we'll how report computers back. work.